Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is Community. And now, your host, Tom Brown. This is Koinonia, but this is not Tom Brown. This is actually Bobby Brewer filling in for Tom Brown, who is on a much-needed vacation. So, hey, we want to appreciate say thank you for tuning in to Queen and Nia here on AM 1360 KPXQ. And I've also got in studio with me Joel Cunningham. Hello. Joel, How's it going? Joel, who is an actor and uh, <laughs> a very bad actor, but I do act a bit. You yeah. did a commercial for Volkswagen, right? Yes. One. Right. I did one for Volkswagen. That was probably my biggest one. Okay. That was your big hit? Yeah, that was my big hit. It was big in Canada. So All right. That's, okay. That's, that's awesome, man. I'm, I'm, hu- <laughs> I'm huge in Japan. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I heard that. A yeah. book over there, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk about that later. So, okay. Hey, today um, we are going to talk about questions that critics ask mm. about Christianity. And yeah. so um, myself and Mario D'Ortenzio, we host a, uh, a radio show right here on KPXQ on Sundays. It's called Freak Show Radio. Freak, <laughs> freak Show as in Jesus Freaks. It's a great name. Yeah, we great come name. on uh, Sundays uh, right here at 3 o'clock from 3.30, and we get all these questions, man, in our inbox that we just cannot ever get to. So yeah. we're going to take some time actually now um, just to kind of address, you know, some of these questions that, you know, mm-hmm. Christians sometimes feel stumped by uh, when they're trying to share their faith or when, you know, people learn that you're a Christian. Maybe you've been asked one of these, and you can call in today. So, uh, yeah. hey, don't be afraid. It's, I promise you it's painless to call in. <laughs> just uh, Relatively painless. 602 602- Two seven four thirteen sixty is the phone number six zero two two seven four thirteen sixty. And we would like to hear from you. What's uh, mm. a question maybe you've been asked? Absolutely. You know that maybe has kind of stumped you about Christianity. So what about you, Joel? Mm-hmm. Anything uh, you remember, like in your early days? Mm-hmm. You know, I like can as a follower of Jesus in high school or college, and just hearing a question that kind of stumped you. Yeah, I mean, there's. I I went to Bible college for a couple of years and got a Bible, you know, degree and just general Bible studies and. Obviously, there's a ton of things in there that you can question. One of the things that I actually just kind of got an answer to the other day that was really interesting to me is this. um, A lot of times you'll see in the New Testament where the disciples talk about, you know, the end times are coming, the end times are coming, the end times are here, even, they say, on occasion. And it always made me wonder, well, you know, obviously the end times didn't happen, so why are they saying that the end times are here? And it's, you know, been hundreds of years now since when that was written. So... Um, I got a good answer with that. Basically, the idea is, you know, in the in the Old Testament, we're talking about the coming day of Christ, and that took thousands of years. In the New Testament, we're talking about the end is coming. That's the next big event is on the way, but it just hasn't really been here yet. Right. Yeah, I remember my mom back in the, in the day, you know, she had all these, like, Hal Lindsey books and <laughs> end times yeah. prophecy charts. There's always and, somebody out there, yeah. Like, man, you know, freak a teenager out. You yeah, know I mean? absolutely. Like, uh, There's going to be horses yeah. stomping around. And... Right, after a night of party and you come back and see your mom's, uh, yeah, four horseman charts. Like, man, I got to you know, have to shape up around here. Maybe yeah. that was the plan. I don't know. Yeah, Maybe yeah. she was working that on purpose. <laughs> yeah, very well could have been. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just really was like, man, you know, the world could end tomorrow. Yeah, know? absolutely. Well, we got uh, some other really good questions here, too. Too, want to make we sure do. Too. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about that today. So uh, we, we really want to encourage you. You know, we've got, like I said, we've got a list of questions here uh, that have already come in. But we want to encourage you to go ahead and give us a phone call at 602-274-1360. Promise it'll be easy for you. Mm-hmm. Be total... <laughs> 
painless scenario very, for or you. Or very little pain. But when we come back, we're going to go ahead and start digging into it. Questions that critics ask about Christianity. This is Bobby Brewer along with Joel Cunningham. You're listening to Queen Aenea here on AM 1360 KPXQ. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages. Hey, thank you for sticking around through uh, those messages from our sponsors who we're always thankful for. And there were some good ones. Listening to all the music as well. So that was some... Some jamming music. Some jamming music. People don't realize that's actually us in here. Yeah, I was, doing, jamming a, out. I was doing a harmonica, in case yep. you were wondering. Yep, and, and I had uh, the drums. Yeah, so hey, this is Bobby <laughs> Brewer along with Joel Cunningham. You're listening to Coin and Nia. Uh, I normally host a show called Freak Show Radio on Sundays. It's an honor to fill in for Tom Brown. You know, I was just mm-hmm. thinking about the music. I don't know, man. Normally, well, anyways, yeah, we, we were providing our own music, but the cra- some of the craziest music I heard was this past summer. I was down in Bolivia on a mission trip, and I actually heard a pan flute rendition of Careless Whisper <laughs> by George Michael. Oh, that's classy. Yeah, uh, that's was, good. It's like, wait a minute, man. I know that tune yeah. from somewhere. This was in Bolivia? This was, in, dude, in the middle of nowhere. Wow. I'm hearing a pan flute rendition. I, you told me about the trip. I was hoping to go on it. Was it, was it a good trip? Is that a highlight? What was the highlight for you? You know, there we go. Oh, there you go. There it is right there for... That's just good goodness. So, so right imagine there. that to pan flute. <laughs> All right. So, you know, it was, I'm going to say it was probably one of the better trips I've ever taken as far as short-term mission trips go. So I'll give you just one highlight. So basically, mm-hmm. you know, we were taking these four-wheel drives as far as you could take them, and then you would hike, you know, yeah. into these villages that you just, they were inaccessible except by foot. Hmm. And like one day I did 16 miles, in fact. And so, you know, my standard intro was like, hello, I'm Bobby Brewer. I've come from the United States to tell you about Jesus. Wow. And I was like, you know, just kind of like old school door-to-door evangelism, but it works there. Yeah. And And so, yeah. Sorry about this guy, Jesus. Right. So I go in this one village of only about 20 people. I see this guy working on a tractor. I do my intro and his face just like lights up, Mm. you know, and he's like, "Uh, Jesus. He goes, man, I haven't heard about him in over 15 years. Oh, wow. So you'd heard about him before. Yeah, I know. And I was like, I said, dude, what's up, man? What happened? You know? Yeah. I, and, uh, what's the 15-year gap? Yeah. So he said, well, about 15 years ago, he said, in the year 2000, there were two guys who came to this village that looked just like you. I'm like, what do you mean? Hmm. He said, well, they were blonde, blue-eyed, and they had big, huge backpacks. <laughs> and it turned out it was the Gideons. Oh, wow. Now, you know, the Gideons, their only mission is to distribute the Bible. Right. Yeah. They go around yeah. and hand them out. And so they apparently had reached this village back in 2000, and this, you know, they gave out the little New Testaments mm-hmm. with Psalms and Proverbs, and it happened to have the plan of salvation in the back. Wow. Or if you want to receive Jesus, this is what you should do, and he did. Yeah. Received Christ as his Savior and never heard anything in 15 years. Wow. So he was, like, so happy, you know what I mean? Yeah, because he's finally getting to connect with another Christian and, yeah. and get uh, to learn more, hopefully, about his faith. And I happen to have a... And I happened to have a uh, Bible with me, a Spanish Bible, okay. to give to him that had you know, Old Testament as well. So he, he was pretty excited. That is really nice. So, That's awesome. Well, hey, we're going to be talking today about 
um, basically questions that critics ask about Christianity. I want to mm-hmm. encourage you to call in, 602-274-1360. But let's go ahead and take a phone call. Uh, this is from uh, Michelle. Uh, Michelle, welcome to the show. Howdy, Michelle. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Yeah, doing good. Good, thank you. Thanks for giving I've us a call. a lot of people in the past say to me that they've seen a lot of hypocrisy in the church yeah. and have noticed that there are a lot of fake Christians. And I was wondering what you would say to them or how would you respond to them? Yeah, you know, I'd say uh, go ahead and go ahead and come to church on Sunday. We'll have one more. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that. I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah. uh, don't don't say that. Uh, yeah. No, uh, no. Unfortunately, it's true. You know, because of the behavior of a few, uh, you know, some people end up mm. judging all yeah. of Christians. Sure. You know, I mean, all of Christianity gets judged by the actions of a few. And there, there's some hypocrites out there, no doubt. Yeah, uh, right. there are plenty of great examples, though, of people who have done their very best to live out. The teachings of Jesus. You know, I'm thinking of people like St. Francis, Mother Teresa, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Billy Graham. I mean, there's so many great examples, too, you know, of people who are, you know, just trying to live out the teachings of Christ. And, yeah. you know, and also uh, the bigger picture, Christianity is the catalyst behind, uh, was the catalyst behind the creation of hospitals, hospitals and hospices in the Roman Empire mm-hmm. back in the day. Uh, boatloads of charities. Yeah. Uh, are focused on alleviating pain and suffering that were started by Christians. Even the American Red Cross originally, now they've changed our mission statement some, but originally even the American Red Cross was a faith-based ministry. There's a lot of them out there, yeah. Um, You know, also I I would say, though, uh, Michelle, that Jesus can relate to hypocrites. Mm. One one of his disciples, Judas, (laughs) was a hypocrite. You know what I mean? He he gets it. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, uh, Jesus preached against hypocrisy himself. You know, Jesus was against, you know, hypocrisy. So finally, though, the uh, argument that because, you know, there are hypocrites means that Christianity is false. It's just simply really it's sloppy thinking and I'm going to say poor Mm -hmm. reasoning. Mm -hmm. Um, Just because, you know, there are bad Christians doesn't mean that the teachings of Jesus are false. Joel, anything you would add on that? Yeah, well, I would definitely agree. It's something that, I mean, I've been going to church for most of my life. And even being somebody that's in the church, I know that, you know, I'm dealing with people sometimes that act hypocritically. And, you know, mm-hmm. to just be blunt and honest, I'm say, I, I would say I've definitely been hypocritical at times. And I'm sure most of us, if we're honest, would say that we've been hypocritical at times as well. And I think um, there's a standard that sometimes people want to apply to a Christian, whether validly or not, where they want to say that, you know, well, if you're, you're saying you're Christian, you're acting this way that's obviously hypocritical or bad that for some reason I should be able to judge you and say, well, now I, that means I shouldn't go to church or something. And I would just, you know, question that and say, you know, if you really honestly ask yourself, like, hey, have I ever done anything wrong? If I ever, do you suddenly assume that just because you're a Christian or somebody's a Christian, that means that all their problems are gone, they're completely, you know, fixed and there's nothing wrong with them? No, right. you would know that there's something still there and um, that they're working on, they're striving towards. Um, but I would say, you know, hypocrites are a reality. We all have to deal with them. And mm-hmm. It's not a fun reality. It's a very good question. We I hear that all the time from people. Yeah. I, w- I would add, too, maybe ask them, uh, hey, do you mind explaining to me what happened? Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes right. sometimes people are just simply repeating a mantra they've heard and that they've mm-hmm. never experienced. And, you Absolutely. know, if it is an experience, then, you know, I'd say, hey, you know, I'm sorry that happened to you. Yeah. I just want to let you know, you know, apologize on their behalf. <laughs> I've made mistakes. You know, none of us are perfect. You know, Jesus is sure. perfect, but his followers aren't. And mm. I'm sorry that happened to you. And I think I think the way I like to handle this, I like to go into the line about Jesus and Judas. Dude. You know what? Hey, actually, 
check it out. Jesus can relate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he had, you know, one of his own ended up being a hypocrite. You know, Jesus. And it's really right. good. Tie it back into the, you know, the Bible and Jesus. I think that's really good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is good. Thank you right. both hey, so much. Hey, thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. Yeah. Appreciate that. So, uh, yeah. Have a blessed day. Hey. You too. <laughs> thank you. Bye. So if you want to call in, the number is uh, 602-274-1360. Let's go to uh, Renee. Renee, welcome to Koinonia. Welcome. Uh, thank you. How are you? Doing good. How are you? Good, good. What can we help you with there? What's the question? I uh, I had a question about giving an understanding to people about God's grace is how you make your way to heaven and mm. understanding that his judgment is also how you would go to hell. Mm. Wow. Okay. It's a good question. Th- th- those are some good ones. So, yeah, you know, it's uh, the unique thing about Christianity, about Jesus is the fact that it's through grace, mm. and it's hard to get our brain around, you know, um, you know, because religion is about works. So yeah. that's really the big difference difference between Jesus and all the other religions. So just think of any religion right now. Religion is about things you have to do. Do this, and maybe you'll get in. Mm. Stop doing that, maybe you'll get in. Yeah. If you keep on doing that, you won't get. You know what I mean? So it's really a works based system where spite with Jesus, it's through grace. And, you know, it's as old as the Old Testament, the prophet Jeremiah, uh, through the prophet Jeremiah, God said, I'm going to write a new covenant, and I'm, this time I'm going to write it on your heart, mm. you know. And so uh, the new covenant is, it's all about grace. You know, Jesus lived the perfect life that we could never live, and he's already paid the ransom for our sins. And so really, God, Amen. yeah, God can't love you anymore than he already does. Yeah, uh, he, he made the supreme sacrifice. Absolutely, you know, by giving us life, and because he lived a perfect life, and because he was God, this makes Jesus unique, and he alone has the credentials to offer the forgiveness for everlasting life. And in the Gospels, we regularly see this. In fact, sometimes the Pharisees would get upset, you know, when he say, "Well, who? How can you forgive?" Yeah, and it's because mm-hmm. he's God. Yeah, it's a great question. I think grace is actually one of those topics out there that's huge right now. I. Heard it from a number of different sermons and a uh, number of different books that have been coming out, and more and more people are sort of talking about this idea of grace. And I think um, it's a very so in saying that it's a very relevant topic. But one of the difficult things about grace is that I think people can have different impressions of what it means and how it applies to them and their walk and in their lifestyle. And the truth of grace is, it's really just it's access to unmerited favor by accepting Christ into your heart, and you don't have access to that grace, unfortunately, unless you've you've taken that step to place that faith in Christ. And then that grace to, you know, live with him is continuing to be poured out on you when you, you know, make mistakes, when you sin, when you do other things and you, you come to God in repentance and, you you know, you say, I'm sorry, I, I made a mistake, you know, then God will pour out that grace on you. But in addition to that, you know, the Bible talks in numerous places and we could talk about that for a while, but, you know, where it says, you know, don't continue in your sin, you know, don't take advantage of this grace that God has given you would be an example would be, you know, if you're, if you're married to somebody and they're, you know, you've extended them this grace where they can, you know, just kind of do what they need to. But if then every night they just kind of are staying out and they're staying out and it's kind of like, eventually you're going to be like, are you really loving me by doing this? Or are you just kind of taking advantage of this, this grace I've given you? Yeah. So Renee, I once had a, um, a young lady ask me, Mm -hmm. uh, basically she had been sexually abused by her father. And she asked me this question, and I still remember it. She said, if my father, who sexually abused me, 
mm. you know, for most of my teen years, if he prays to receive Jesus Christ as his Savior, does that mean he's forgiven? Yeah. And it's a tough question. Tough question, but the answer is yes. Uh, no, that doesn't mean there won't be any consequences. Mm-hmm. Okay. In fact, you know, you could already see some of the consequences, you know, just in the tension between their relationship. But the, as hard as it is to get our brain around, would he be forgiven? Yeah. Yes, he would. Mm. And uh, that's, that's why we call it amazing grace. But I just want to emphasize, you know, you, uh, I think in the very first part of your question, you talked about judgment. It doesn't mean there's not reper- there won't be any repercussions. Yeah. Or consequences, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And yeah. so uh, this is honestly, this is one of the reasons why I think God doesn't want us to sin. You know, because mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I'm paraphrasing big time here, but it's almost as if Jesus is saying, yes, I forgive you. But I really <laughs> wish you wouldn't have done that because <laughs> now is, A, yeah. B, and C are going to happen. Yeah. You know, yeah, I forgive right. you. I love right. you, but I really wish you wouldn't have done that because now you need to go and make this right yeah. with that person. You You've know what I'm saying? you made life hard on yourself. So. And, and then also take something away from you, too. Yeah, right. For sure. I yeah. mean, you take advantage of someone, Yeah, they might leave you. you yeah. Know? Renee, thanks for calling in. Again, we want Thank to encourage you. you to... Have a great day. Yeah, Thank you, you too. Thank you. This is Bobby Brewer along with Joel, Joel Cunningham. There you go. Yep, Joel Cunningham. I almost said Osteen. Uh, <laughs> Please. Kidding. Yeah. Anyways, we're going to take a break. Uh, AM 1360 KPXQ. Don't go away. We'll be right back after these messages with more of your questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. What's happening? PHX, Bobby Brewer, <laughs> along the, with Joel Cunningham. We're in the fix. We are uh, filling in today for Tom Brown, mm-hmm. who is the host of Quinania. He's on a much-needed vacation, so we're honored to fill in for him today and Absolutely. give him uh, a break. And I want to encourage you to check out Freak Show Radio on Sundays <laughs> right here on AM 1360 KPXQ. It comes on yeah. at 3 o'clock. We wrap it up at 3.30, Absolutely. and that's Jesus Freaks is uh, where we get the name Freak Show from. So <laughs> that's a great name, like have, I said. Have a lot of fun on that one. So, hey, yeah. we're, today we are taking questions from you about uh, basically questions that critics ask about Christianity, and we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to give us a call yeah. at 602-274-1360 is the phone number, mm-hmm. and uh, it's painless. Just yeah. give us a call. We've had really good questions so far, so looking forward to hearing good ones. So let's go, uh, let's go ahead and take another caller uh, before we jump into some of these other questions. So it's uh, Bill from Cave Creek. Bill, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, Bill, what's your question for us today? Well, there are a lot of Bible versions out today. Are there any mm. that we should be concerned about? That's a good question. Yeah, that's a great question. You know, the one I would be concerned about would be <laughs> the... TNIV, which stands for Today's New International Version. And yeah. here's, here's my concern about, well, there's actually a few others, but let me give you, start with the TNIV. It's <laughs> a great one to start with, though. Yeah. Is they had a political agenda. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they weren't truly trying to translate the scriptures, you know, into the English language. They were trying to translate it into a more politically correct mm-hmm. 
language, uh, yeah. which, uh, okay, you know, you're talking about God's word. And so, um, you know, when you start trying to, when you start trying to be politically correct with the Bible, I've got a problem, you know, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the Bible simply reveals who God is and not who we want him to be. Absolutely. You know, and so that would be one. And of course, obviously, the, the one that can sometimes fool you would be what's called the New World Translation, mm-hmm. and that would be the, the Bible at the Jehovah Witnesses. But a yeah. lot of times, if you go to like a Barnes & Noble or Borders, if there's any of them left, I mean, that's you'll see that you know right in there with the King James, New King James, and all the, the rest of the good translations. Yeah, and there's a new one um, that a lot of people are kind of—I haven't looked into too much, but I believe they call it the Inclusive NIV— yeah, tell me um, about that a little bit. Well, it's this version that I believe sort of the translators, the main board behind the translators, the NIV, kind of looked at a lot of the language and tried to decide if there were certain ways that they could place things. It's similar in a way uh, to the TNIV, um, but it's 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 slightly different. With the TNIV, one of the big things that they did was, you know, um, they tried to create sort of gender-neutral terminology and apply, you know, words and phrases and scriptures to more of a general audience. So instead of saying men or he, yeah. you know, they'd say us, you know, yeah. sort of a thing. So Yeah, there's, you know, there's so many versions because, one, um, English is one of the most popular languages on the planet. I think probably what Mandarin Chinese maybe mm-hmm. would be greater. But, you know, English is easily like what in the top three or four languages spoken Absolutely. on the planet. You yeah. Know, maybe Spanish, number two. and It'd be up there. Yeah, yeah. it's up there. So. Yeah. Um, and then the Bible, if it were listed as a regular book, it would be a very rare week in which the Bible would not make the uh, New York Times bestseller list. Mm-hmm. And so if you're a publisher, guess what? You need a Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Um, and what happens is I actually kind of have a little bit of experience with this because I've uh, had a few books published. And uh, my agents and my uh, – Publishers, they don't like it when I trans when I uh, use verses from competitor Bibles. So I'll give you an example. Zondervan owns the rights to the NIV. Uh, Crossway owns the rights to the ESV. Hmm. Okay, the, these are competitors, and if you quote too many of their verses, uh, you violate a publishing agreement between those authors. I can quote like one or two, no problem. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I mean. Say, for example, my publisher was Zondervan. Well, guess what? Zondervan's going to want me to use the NIV. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just tricky. Yeah, it's interesting. And you know what? I can't blame them. If I were a publisher, guess what? Joel, we're coming (laughs) up with a new translation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because uh, Mm -hmm. I'm not paying uh, royalties to my competitor. Absolutely, yeah. So then there's, you know, the English language just keeps changing. Um, My wife and I were watching, uh, it's kind of embarrassing, we were watching Andy Griffith uh, last week, you know, just Mm -hmm. kind of channel surfing and, it's kind of interesting because I realized good one. <laughs> I was realizing that even though that show, I think it aired its last episode, something like I don't know, maybe forty-five years ago or something, and it's like you know what? It's amazing how the English language has changed yeah. just in that time frame. I mean, obviously, I understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Then you go back and you read something like Shakespeare. It sounds like it even okay. I still get it, but a little bit more work, <laughs> you know. And so uh, the English language is continually changing, and so. Some people want to create what they call a dynamic equivalent version of the Bible yeah, so that people, you know, understand it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I jokingly one day bought, I think actually for you, Bobby, um, it was called a manga version of the Bible. Yeah, I like remember a that. comic version of the Bible. And yeah. I mean, with things like that, you, obviously there's different versions of the Bible that have different reasons. You know, some of them are made to be more accurately, closely, realistically translated to the exact verbiage. Some are made to be more of a, like a reader's Bible so you can kind of go through it. Um, the big thing is you just really want to look into the intent of that version. Was the intent of that version, like we're talking about here with the TNIV, 
to just kind of try and make it more open for people to read it and not get offended? Or was it to really just get people to understand it more correctly? Right. So Yeah, there's three you know, there's really three ways of translating the Bible. One is called concordant. This is going to be like a word for word translation. Mm-hmm. And whether you understand it or not, it's not the translator's concern. You know, it's like, you know what, go get yourself a commentary, mm-hmm. go to seminary. Yeah. Uh, where our, our goal is just simply to translate <laughs> it into the English language, wise, and yet at the same time, simultaneously staying as close to the original manuscripts as possible. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, that would be the ESV, for example, the dynamic equivalent. They're like, they want to make sure you get the meaning. So this would be an NIV. Yeah. And then there's a paraphrase. So really probably the message is a paraphrase. Uh, the Living Bible is a paraphrase. Like the Living Bible was originally written by a pastor who was uh, reading the King James Version to his six-year-old daughter mm-hmm. each night, and he just started making his own translation for it, hmm. But which is great. Yeah. Uh, but he never like really consulted, you know, the Hebrew manuscripts nor the Greek manuscripts. You know, he was translating from English to English. Okay. So, you know, there's different ways. So, you know, it just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. You know, I kind of rotate. Yeah. Between them, you know, uh, yeah. like sometimes when I'm reading Isaiah, if I don't have the time to do the research, but if I'm reading Isaiah for my devotions, I might use the message. Yeah, I'm you saying know, here. Just, yeah. uh, I don't have time to go bust out the commentaries <laughs> right now. I want to know what this yeah. means. Sometimes you just need a spiritual connection versus right. trying to do an in-depth study of the actual verbiage and the words and the context. Yeah, so. if I'm preparing for a message, uh, I'm going to consult the ESV. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I want to make sure I'm getting it right, you know, like uh, as close to thus saith the Lord as possible. Yeah, well, so thanks for your question, Bill. Did you have anything else for us? Uh, I think he moved on. Oh, he moved so, on? Thanks, okay. Bill. Thanks for joining us for that little bit. So um, we had another question here. This was one that actually um, we had from early in the show. Um, And it's this question that you kind of hear being presented nowadays. And it's, I think, actually becoming more relevant with postmodernism and something of that nature, um, which is it's basically God doesn't really care which religion you believe anyways. Just pick one and he will do. Which It's not really a question. Right. (laughs) Well, it's a criticism. Yeah, Yeah. it's a criticism, basically. So, well, first of all, who told you this? What I mean is, where did you come up with this belief system? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, the Bible is very clear in demonstrating that it is very important as to which religion you believe. All right? Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah. Like even the name chosen people, which is the name we use to refer to the Hebrews, uh, they were chosen to do what? Well, they were chosen to direct and point people to the one true God. Yeah. You know, uh, and they're, in fact, they're consistently... And constant, constantly they're warned not to worship other gods, mm-hmm. the gods of the pagans. All right, yeah. so wait a minute. Okay, so it's, this is as old as the Old Testament. You know, uh, yeah, it is very important, actually. <laughs> you know, uh, God does care Yeah. Uh, what religion you believe in. Um, Absolutely. A verse like uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 12 says, There's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved except through the name of Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, your argument, as far as the scripture are concerned, it's very important, you know, mm-hmm. as to which one. Yeah, right? I totally agree with that. I think we look at sort of the connotations, you know, socially of our current, you know, where we're at as a society, especially in America. And somebody would say to you, you know, with that kind of a belief, well, isn't that offensive? Isn't that attacking? Isn't that going to, you know, you know, separate people? And I think... Perhaps, yes, but Jesus, yeah. Yeah, Jesus is not, <laughs> he's not running for our office, as far right. as I know. Yeah, I mean, it really... God's point in this was, look, I'm just trying to show you the truth, right? Yeah. You know, and I want you to to have faith in me. And yeah. it, it would be disin, you know, disingenuous. It would be false. It would be lying to not share what he says is the way. So, um, and I think as well, 
you're going to have people that want to come in and they're going to say, well, that also then doesn't allow me to do certain things because the Bible is very clear sometimes understanding, well, you should do this, you shouldn't do right. that. Yeah, you know, in addition to that, um, you know, the way I sometimes will package my response, Joel, will mm-hmm. be something like, hey, you know what? What I'm about to tell you is going to sound really politically incorrect. Yeah, absolutely. So I'll kind of preface it that way. Yeah. And then I'll say, but the truth is we're all teaching different ways. Yeah. Right, so like in Islam, you go to paradise, and if you're a dude, you get seven virgins. <laughs> I don't know what the women get. I don't think I don't know. I right. really I should look that up. All right, okay. So uh, Mormons, you what get to go to a planet? Well, I would say they probably don't get Mormon men or uh, virgin men. Yeah, I'm guessing it's something different. Yeah, someone has. Yeah. All right. Anyways. <laughs> uh, then let me think. Okay, so uh, Buddhism, you basically the goal is to become one with the universe. Right. Yeah. All right. Hindu, Hinduism, you uh, you keep getting reincarnated right. until you get it right. To a higher level, yeah. You know, and so uh, I don't know who, who decides what you come back as, whether you come back as a butterfly or a beetle. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't know. know. Maybe an X-Men eventually or something. So here's my point. Yeah, I'm being a little sarcastic, I admit. But my point is we're all teaching different, different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're teaching – we're not even in agreement that you go to the same place. Yeah. You know, so all religions don't teach the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I know, uh, yeah, we have some common denominators. Now, generally speaking, we believe in, you know, the goodness of, you know, making the world a better place and, you know, some things like that. But we we, we just don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, well, I mean, we know, but what I'm saying is like we are teaching some very different things about where we're going and how you get there. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's conflict kind of even within those different religions to so to say to somebody that you can just kind of believe in anything and it'll work out. It, it, the, the religions themselves dictate that that's not possible. Yeah. Well, hey, let's take another caller real quick. Uh, let's go to uh, Christy. Christy, thanks for calling in to Coin Needed Day. And uh, what's your uh, question? Hi. My question is I hear a lot of times from unbelievers that Christianity and religion is really just for the weak who need a friendly father in the skies because they can't handle the stark reality that this is all there is. Yeah. Okay, you know, that's a really good one, and uh, we're going to pick that. We're going to follow up with you mm-hmm. after this break. That's so don't thing. go away, because we're going to answer that question right after these messages. This is Bobby Brewer, along with Joel Cunningham. You're listening to Queen Ania here on AM 1360 KPXQ. Welcome back, everybody. We're uh, glad to have you with us. We are here filling in for Tom Brown on the show, Koinonia, and we're uh, today answering some common questions that people have regarding Christianity, and uh, we've had a lot of really good questions so far, and we're looking to hear from more of you. Um, as we went to break, we actually were on the line with Christy, uh, who was asking us a really good question. So, uh, Christy, I want to follow back up with you. Could you, uh, if you don't mind, just rephrasing that question real quick so we can uh, sort of get what that was? Sure. Uh, my question was, a lot of people who aren't Christians um, or don't follow any religion often consider those who do 
weak and just looking for a friendly father in the skies because they can't handle the stark reality that this is all there is. I gotcha. Well, you know, I can tell you from experience, um, <laughs> personally, I'll just say, um, one that is not true, but it also is true in a way. Um, Christianity is definitely not for the weak. Um, I can pretty much say, you know, from my personal example, but also from many of the people that I know that are very strong Christians, it's not easy being a Christian. You know, there's a reason why in the Bible they talk about it being a narrow road. Um, there's been occasions, you know, in addition to doing acting, um, I also do a lot of video production. And I, I remember being on set one time and we were having a conversation about, you know, Genesis and the beginning of the world and everything like that. Um, and I remember having a person there literally, you know, screaming at my face, telling me I was an idiot, I was a moron for believing in this God that somehow cosmically brought all this stuff together and had the earth come into being. And how is that even possible? It's some magical thing did that. And I, I just remember seeing at that, you know, thinking at that moment, like, this is serious, you know, this is not easy to be somebody that's standing up um, for my faith. But I would say at the same time, Christians are people that recognize that life isn't something that we can do on our own. You know, that it's it's fake in a way to say that I can handle all the stresses and the pressures and the 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 things that come at me throughout the course of my day. There's been so many occasions where if I didn't have a God that I could, you know, open the Bible and pray to and worship, that, you know, how could I even begin to face some of these challenges that are coming across my plate, you know, on this day? It's it's it would be overwhelming, and and I I wonder so many times how how you know non Christians can do that actually. Yeah, <clears throat> I would uh, yeah. I would say too, Christy, that this is actually what we call a boomerang question, meaning that you could throw it right back at the atheist. Mm. I mean, could yeah. you not say to the atheist is you know is the reason you the fact that you don't believe in God simply because you don't want to own up to the ramifications if there is one? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm, and so it makes yeah. life easier for them to cope with, with you know, the belief that there is no God. So mm. you can really boomerang this one really easy that, you know, atheism is a crutch for you yeah. because you don't want to cope and deal, you know, with the facts. And so, uh, you know, if, let me just say this to uh, add this additional thought is if Christians were just looking for a God who could simply function as a crutch to make life easier, uh, why come up with a God who is holy? And just, mm. you know, yeah. a, God, a God who finds many of our desires and thoughts to be immoral. You know, I mean, if you're really looking for a crutch, I mean, shouldn't it at least be some sort of God that, you know, we'd want to, you know, be able to get away with whatever we want to get away with. I mean, take a look at mm. the Sermon on the Mount. Um, you know, at that point in his ministry, Jesus was really popular, we're told, and uh, at the very end of Matthew 4, we're told that people from all over, uh, from different countries are coming to to hear Jesus. Yeah. And it's almost as if Jesus is saying, hey, before you get all excited about following me, let me, let me, you need to know who I really am. This is how I roll. You know, and he says things like, blessed are the merciful, they will receive mercy. Man, that, that's not easy. Most of us want to, you know, respond with vengeance upon yeah. those who have done us wrong. You know, um, absolutely. Blessed are the peacemakers. Uh, they shall be called, you know, the children of God. Well, I, um, I don't know about that. You know I mean, uh, <laughs> You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like the things that Jesus um, presents, you know, there on the Sermon on the Mount are really challenging. Of course, you know, we can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit, you know. But anyways, uh, yeah, I just think it's a, a very easily refutable statement. And the lives that, you know, some of the Christians I know that live, I mean, they're, you know, giving up the American dream to yeah. go share the gospel in the favelas of Brazil yep. or in Costa Rica. I mean, wherever, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. um, 
uh, yeah, I just don't buy it. To me, it's you could very easily boomerang, you know, listen with respect and then just kind of turn that question back around on them. Yeah. So anything else on that, Christy? No, thank you. Uh, okay. Thank hey, you, thank Christy. Great it. question. So uh, today, uh, this is this is uh, Bobby Brewer along with uh, Joel Cunningham, and I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, we're going to take your questions. You can call in at 602-274-1360, and we're uh, taking questions on basically questions that critics ask about Christianity, and we're going to go next to Deborah. So, Deborah, welcome to Koinonia. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. How are you guys doing today? Doing great. How are you, Deborah? I'm doing fairly well. I was going to call in with a square root question or something, but I figured <laughs> oh, I'd give you a break. Bobby, you can take that yeah, one. That's, that's not us, man. We're, we're theologians, <laughs> not mathematicians. I've got a computer. You know, I look um, it up. So my question today, I think, is fairly relevant and significant for the moment. Mm-hmm. But um, so it's a political question. So we had Cruz that was, you know, in the race, and he was obviously pro-life. Mm-hmm. And now we have another front runner who is a little bit more controversial in that area, mm-hmm. um, who's given money to Planned Parenthood, and you know, but at the same time is professing to be pro-life. And then you have someone in the background like Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton, and we obviously know where they stand on this issue. So my question is, how do you vote if he should become the nominee, um, Donald Trump? How do you vote in clear conscience as a Christian uh, for someone who has donated to Planned Parenthood is it acceptable to do the lesser of two evils? You know, is he really acceptable? I mean, supposedly Reagan at one point was pro-choice, and obviously he changed, and Donald Trump professes to have changed. So that is really the basic gist of my question. That's a great question, Deborah. You know, that's obviously a huge issue right now, and it's something I've been you know, doing a lot of research on and reading a lot of articles, and there's so many people out there that this has become a very divisive thing where – you know, people are attacking people on both sides and saying, well, you're not supporting, you know, people that are voting for Republicans. You're not supporting, you know, this view and because he's done this. And I think the ultimate truth of the matter, like the deep truth, is that you you honestly, you never know. I mean, no matter who you elect, no matter who you support, there's always the, the small chance that anybody that gets in a position of power and has the authority to do something could change their mind. You know, we've seen that happen countless times with other political figures and with, you know, even Supreme Court justices that they put in specifically for certain reasons and ended up doing something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think really what it comes down to for me personally is, um, do I trust him? Do I trust that he's going to do what he's saying he's going to do? And ultimately, you know, how is God leading me? And if God is leading me to say that, you know, maybe he's done this in the past, maybe he has a checkered past, you know, any, pretty much any politician that runs is going to have some sort of a history or past that's probably not great um, at times. Um, but is God saying to me that, you know, I, I should trust this, I should vote for this, I should go for this? And maybe that is Donald Trump. Maybe that's some other third party. Maybe that's abstaining from voting. You know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you how you should go out there and vote. But I, I would say as a Christian, um, definitely take the time to sort of seek, seek God and look at it as impartially as po- as possible and pass that sort of just hatred that's really being flung around just because I didn't support this candidate. I supported that candidate. Yeah, I think it's getting harder and harder, uh, mostly because of the fact that we live in a postmodern culture now. I mean, so far, everyone who has ever run for president has at least professed and claimed to be a Christian so far. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm going to say <laughs> in the 2020, I mean, the day's going to come where I wouldn't be shocked. You know, you know, hopefully I'll be in 
I don't know, maybe I'll be in heaven by then, but <laughs> there probably a day very well may come where we have two agnostics running, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. uh, two atheists running. So then what do you do? You yeah. know, and so for me, I have to vote for the one, you know, I vote on principles regardless of party. Mm-hmm. And I have to vote on who do I think is best for our country right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like good. in the last presidential election, I voted, you know, um, well, even in 2008, I just, you know, our economy was so bad. It's like, you know what? We need someone who understands economics right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who understands capitalism right now to run our country. You know, so yeah. I think, you know, I think Joel is right on that we have to pray about it. And it very well may be that. Do you have an, a good friend of yours who's also praying and they love Jesus and somehow they come to a different conclusion? <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. You know, where abortion alone isn't the deciding factor, but you mm-hmm. have to, you know, have maybe 10 factors that you're looking at, which one most aligns with good, the yeah. factors that you're looking for rather than just one. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And so the day may come where, I mean, I don't know, I hope not, but the day may come where I have to even vote for someone who's not even a professing believer, but because, I mean, I would prefer to have someone in the White House who's praying and, mm-hmm. you know, want to guide our nation on paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But the day may come where uh, neither party yeah. gives me that option. Yeah. And so then what I do? Well, again, I'm going to look at what I feel are the principles that most align with the Bible, you know, someone who has a good moral compass mm-hmm. and someone who hopefully has a track record of being able to lead us into the future. Yeah. Well, Good. thank you. Yeah, it's hey, been thank very you. Very helpful. Thank, thank you, th- Deborah. Yeah, great question. You're welcome. Tough times, man. Tough times. Yeah, it's getting that. crazy. Yeah. Out there. You guys have a blessed day, and thank you for your time and your information. <laughs> you too, Deborah. Thank you very much for the call. Okay, you're welcome. Right. Well, uh, we're starting to run out of time here, but it's not too late. I want to encourage you to give us a phone call six zero two two seven four thirteen sixty. And today we're talking about questions that critics ask about Christianity, and uh, maybe it's maybe. It, could even be something that you've secretly wondered about yourself or you've been asked before at a party or family gathering. Go ahead and give us a call. It's absolutely painless experience, <laughs> I promise. I hope so. Nobody's so, complained so far. At right. Least. So again, 602-274-1360. Yeah. So one question, you know, we are coming up on the end here, but one question I, I did want to get to, um, it's very relevant. Obviously, you know, we're talking about politics even in this moment, but um, it's why do Christians try to impose impose their views on others politically? Yeah, uh, that, that's a, a good one. I think it's uh, something that to some degree that we all do whether we realize it or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I can tell, everyone to some degree expresses their political views. And so perhaps uh, rather than Christianity, maybe they just – maybe this. You know, you have more of a problem with democracy <laughs> yeah. and freedom of speech yeah. and freedom of religion. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It's like what I'm saying is, as far as I can tell, every everyone, yeah, to some degree, expresses their you know mm-hmm. political opinion, whether or not they try to impose this view. Yeah, uh, maybe kind of like just like our previous caller, like yeah. hey, you're trying to impose your view mm-hmm. uh, on abortion, for example. Well, um, again. Um, followers of Jesus are simply doing their very best to live out what they consider to be the teachings of Jesus. And, you know, Jesus also called us to be the salt of the earth, which is a moral preservative. Mm. And so perhaps that's the reason why. But we can pick it up after the break. So this is Bobby Brewer along with Joel Cunningham. You're listening to Quinn and Nia here on AM 1360 KPXQ. Don't go away. We've got one more segment for you.
All right, all right. Welcome back to the final segment here of Koinonia. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you uh, to those of you who also had the courage to call in. Mm-hmm. But uh, most of all, I just want to say thank you for listening and uh, hanging out with us. And this is Bobby Brewer along with Joel Cunningham here on AM 1360 KPXQ. And by the way, I uh, co-host a show called Freak Show, which comes on Sundays right here on AM 1360, 3 to 3.30 p.m. Hmm. I want to encourage you to check that out. And, uh, you know, right before we went on break, we were talking about Christians imposing their views politically. Mm-hmm. And so anything else you want to add on that before we start to wind down? Yeah, I think it's simply a matter of, you know, people try to impose their views in so many ways, in so many areas. And politics just happens to be one that really draws a lot of criticism from people sometimes. So. Yeah. yeah, I would just add, I think, most believers, as far as I know, they feel like they're doing the right thing. We we have been called to be salt of the earth, which is a moral preservative. You know, Jesus has to be the light of the world. Mm-hmm. You're the salt of the earth. And so through the political system, I do feel like we have a responsibility yeah. and obligation even to play our role Absolutely. in being salt of the earth. Yeah, and politics is a huge component of people's lives, you know, so it, it makes sense that people would have a lot of thoughts and a lot of, you know, aggressions regarding that. Yep. Well, let's try one more question, man. Okay, we can, we can squeeze get the it time in. in, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, one really good one we can do right before the end here is uh, it says, "Not really a question, more of a statement." Again, but I don't really care what Christians believe. I just don't think they should try and convert others to their beliefs. Yeah, well, you know, Christians believe that getting others to follow Jesus is the most loving thing they can do. Mm. And so, Christian or not, we all naturally want to share the good news. It'd be like having a cure for some incurable illness. You'd naturally want to share it, and so. Uh, you know, more importantly, as Christians, we're also commanded by Jesus to spread the good news that he wants to be in a relationship with us. And so that's why, probably. Sometimes uh, <laughs> yeah. some people handle that more tactfully than others. But Absolutely. So anyways, hey, thank you for hanging out with us again. It's Bobby Brewer along with Joel Cunningham filling in for Tom Brown on Koinonia today. Thank mm-hmm. you for uh, listening. Hope you're, uh, if you're driving, be careful. Do the speed limit. Peace. <laughs> Middle East. Have a good one. BB out.